You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. For everything for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome in to another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. And for the second time this season, George, we can actually have a fun, engaging, exciting post-game pod. The Colts get their third win of the year. They go to 3-2-1. and one. You know, last week, really, I mean, they won the game, but boy, there's not a lot to feel good about in, in Denver. But man, oh man, 34-27. They get the win over the Jags. They move, you know, go over 500 for the first time this season. And finally, George, finally, the offense has come to life and has kind of given a sneak peek of who they really should be. Yeah, fun game to watch. Uh, really, first time all year you can say that about a Colts game. Yeah, that's uh, true. Really exciting kind of offensive football on both sides. Um, hats off to Frank Reich. You know, we said on the on the podcast, on the preview pod, he's going to have to scheme something up this week. You know, Jacksonville's had their number. He's got to change something up. It's going to be one of those games that he has to figure something out. They came out in a no huddle. Uh, it It didn't work as smoothly as I think they wanted early, but it, they were moving the ball the whole game. And obviously, I mean, you see the, the end result, 34 points uh, by far a season high uh, against a team that shut them out five weeks ago. Uh, you know, hats off to, to Frank Reich and hats off to, to Matt Ryan and Frank Reich on, on the final play of the game, on the final offensive play of the game. Uh, that's a gutsy call going to a rookie wide receiver. Uh, you, you're never quite sure what's going to happen. Uh, per, perfect throw really by Ryan. Uh, but, you can't say enough about Alec Pierce's release, getting where he needed to be uh, and the running under, making a contested catch, making that little extra effort to get over the goal line. Um, that kid gets better every week. You can see the trust his quarterback and his head coach have in him, uh, but just an aggressive offensive game for the Colts and probably the first time all year that they won. And you really feel like most of it was their doing. That's right. Right. Even the Chiefs game, the Colts, to their credit, took the game. And you're right. There's a lot of mistakes made by Kansas City that allowed the Colts to eventually win that game uh, back in week number three. But you're right. We, we started with Frank Reich on the uh, the preview pods. And this has to be a game because right now nothing's kind of going around enough. It just has to be a game where he is like the Frank Reich of old. Physically. We haven't really seen that much this season where the creativity and offense is back. They're doing different things to kind of get in the rhythm. You mentioned the huddle coming out right away. That's something we've been talking about before in the past, just to get the defense kind of, you know, exhausted, kind of tire them out and slow down that pass rush, which it worked to perfection today. No sacks. We're getting to the offensive line, the brand new combination that seems to be uh, the one working right now for Indianapolis. But I'm glad you brought up, right, not just Frank Reich having a great day, but also to even Alec Pierce. Because it also, too, like I said, a great release by him, a great play, his first great touchdown, no better time to have it than that. But it also goes back to Frank Reich and his aggressiveness, right? This has always been a guy who leans on the side of aggressiveness more than uh, being conservative. And I'll be honest, George, from the TV angle at least, when you and Matt Ryan drop back and throw it up uh, on third down, 
I honestly thought he was a throw. Like he was like just trying to kill as much time as possible. You had the trip on first down, no, you know, real green on second down. So I really thought, all right, this is them trying to kill as much clock as possible instead of running into the line. That's going to take you three seconds. They're just going to throw it up and hope to milk seven, eight seconds. All of a sudden it comes down and there's Alec Pierce making a nice contested catch. You're right. It's nice to see that throughout the entire game, Frank Wright kind of got back to his old offensive creativity. And it goes back to, at, at the end of the day, he's an aggressive coach. And like I mentioned, that third down play is key, Frank. Right? It's nice to see for the first time this year, him kind of going back to his old ways. And it worked. This Colts offense looked great. 34 points is obviously, like you mentioned, obviously, without a doubt, a season high for uh, when they came in last in the NFL in points per game. And it's nice to see that for the first time, this offense and everyone really, even without Jonathan Taylor, looked in sync and looked comfortable. Yeah, I mean, they're 2-0 with Deion Jackson as a starting running back, so I don't know. <laughs> is you there know, a running back uh, controversy, George? <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's just telling you how crazy this league is. I mean, it, it's insane. You really don't know what's going to happen uh, from one week to the next, and, and as soon as you think you have it figured out, something will happen to show you that you don't. Um, I just think another big part of that, you know, with Frank being more aggressive, the offensive line, the, the fact that they were able to protect throughout the game, there were no sacks, that's what allows you to make that play call on third down. I don't think he does this sure. a week ago or two weeks ago because you have you're fearful that Matt Ryan's going to get his head taken off. They had that belief the line's going to protect him. Let's make this call. They said they had an option on that route. Uh, he could either send Alec Pierce on a fly route or it could have been like a crosser. Uh, you know, try to get a closer field goal for for Chase McLaughlin or even I guess at that point a fresh set of downs and and you know see what what goes from there. Uh, but he said there was no doubt in his mind that Ryan was going to take the, the fly route. He knew he gave him the option, but he kind of knew he was calling the fly route. <laughs> I like that. I like how they're on the same page. And I'm glad you brought Matt Ryan because he was just tremendous. Today. Like I said, the pass protection, and we'll get into more of that offensive line here in a little bit, but obviously that helps him for a guy to actually have time to throw the ball. You see when Matt Ryan does have time, he, he's a good quarterback. But this year, this week, I should say, excuse me, 42 of 58, George, 389 yards, three TDs, and you can make the argument the most important stat is zero fumbles. Obviously, no interceptions, but zero fumbles either lost or just on the ground. He had better ball security. His feet were set. Really, outside of the one play where he had the intentional grinding, where I still can't really tell if he just threw the ball away or was, or was trying to hold on to and the ball slipped. Really, outside of that one play that, that cost the Colts field position, put a you know took him out of field goal range, he played, I thought, a spotless game for the most part. Didn't really put the ball in harm's way whatsoever. Even, you know, was careful with the ball. No real way for the Jaguars defenders to, to, you know, try to get their hands on and pick it off. He was just tremendous career high in completions of 42, a brand new Colts uh, record as well for 42 completions in one game. He really kind of, for the first time, looked comfortable um, in this offense. It took six games. It took a while, but obviously the pass section helps. But Matt Ryan, again, when he has time, we haven't got a lot of it this year. He hasn't seen a lot, but when he has time, he can make the throws. Yeah, well, that's, that's a big thing. The protection, you know, we've been saying all year long, if the offensive line gets better, this offense will look better. Well, now you can see we knew what we were talking about. The offensive line got right. better. The offense looked significantly better. Uh, but I, I think that's the big key for Ryan is having that time and, and getting into a rhythm, which I think the no huddle really helped do that. You know, he got out there. He threw the ball what, 27 times in the first half. I think he really got into the flow of the game. And I'm not sure that had happened uh, at any point this year, I can't think of another game where you really felt like he was in a flow and he was comfortable. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Frank Reich said afterwards that, that this is going to be something that's still part of the the, the toolbox. You know, that it's going to be a week to week thing and, and, and we'll see how that changes. But 
I've got to believe it. They're going to pull it out more often. It may not be the whole game like it was today, or may not be the focal point like it was today. Uh, but you can see, you know, how many more people get involved in the offense when they do this, how much more comfortable Matt Ryan is. I think it helps the offensive line out. Yeah, they've got to run to the line and they've got to be in condition, but it's really wearing out those pass rushers on the other side. I think that played a big element in today's game as well. And I think when Jonathan Taylor comes back, they can run out of this as well. You saw that in Houston. Uh, I think that's what makes this a more feasible option than it might be for some other teams. They don't have to necessarily you know, throw 58 times every time they run no huddle. I think they can incorporate the running game with Naheem Hines and, and Jonathan Taylor a little bit more. Today, obviously, that wasn't the best route. They did what they had to do to win the game, find a way to win. They did. You know, I think that's you say that every week, find a way to win. Today, they did. And two, for really the first time, like we've mentioned, this actual offense looking like it's supposed to be like at this point, I don't see why you sh- want to deviate uh, from what you know, what made you successful. Right? You're going to go no huddle every drive. OK, probably not. Fine. You maybe crank it down a little bit less, but I don't see why right now you could just either totally scrap it or even try to minimize it a little bit. Because like you said, sure, it's a little tiring, but the, the results we saw, especially like I said, are drastic between week two and now just a few weeks later on, on Sunday when you beat the Jaguars and just totally flip around that defense. They owned they owned that Colts offense back in week two in Jacksonville. And it just looked like a totally different game, totally different matchup. And you know what I liked a lot on Sunday too, George? I like that the Colts threw to set up the run. When you have Jonathan Taylor, when you have this offensive line that is the highest paid offensive line in the NFL, especially the last going, you know, last year and this year as well, I think the Colts a lot of the time uh, have run to set up the pass. Especially with Carson Wentz last year. I feel like they were at times scared to death to have really have him throw the ball a ton. So they ran to set up the pass. I thought today especially was key. Pass to set up the run. That's seemingly where this offense is at its best. And even though the run game, the results were nowhere near, you know, impressive or great by any stretch of imagination. Obviously, no Jonathan Taylor and I'm Hines is also part of that. But I really, to your point, when we talk about the offense and the flow and everyone looking comfortable and you put up 34 points for the first time this season, uh, by far season high, I think that part of that is set, you know, passing and set up the run is really what this team, I think, thrives on or really what they need going forward to help continue this offensive outburst. Yeah, and I think a lot of those passes were kind of runs. I mean, uh, right. a good share of them went to Deion Jackson. You know, they were extended handoffs, things like that. The other thing when we were talking about that week two and the differences. Pierce and Pittman were not in that game in week two. Uh, Pierce obviously has the game-winning touchdown catch today. Michael Pittman's going to get, I think, forgotten a little bit in, in, in all of this because he didn't have a touchdown and he didn't have that that big moment, maybe aside from the, the, the third down conversion uh, where he took the big hit in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but he had 13 catches for 134 yards. And, and when you're going to throw the ball as much as they did today, you need that chain mover, and that's what he was today. I, I think that's what he's best at. He can make the big play. Uh, he's not going to be that that speed guy necessarily. He's not going to be the fly route guy. Uh, but I think he's going to be that guy who, who does exactly what he did today. 13 catches for 134 yards. That covers for some of the lack of a running game as well. That's a great point, too. Um, and a lot of them over the middle. A lot of them are, you know, receptions to get a first down. That's who he is. Like, he is going to be that tough over-the-middle receiver, that, you know, reliable guy that you see Matt Ryan. Like you mentioned, 13 receptions. That was his go-to guy for sure. Um, and it's it's great to kind of see that security blanket you know, him and Matt Ryan be on the same page because Michael Pittman Jr. is, like they said, that guy that's not going to be a – he's not a burner by any stretch of the imagination. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, just just blaze you with speed. But he's a guy that will make the tough, contested catches whenever you need him. That big third and seven, he's there getting open. And even when he's not open, making tough, contested catches. One thing I did like, too, a lot, just going back to the Alec Pierce touchdown, George, 
I like the fact that despite the fact that Pittman had a huge day, like you mentioned, 13 receptions, and at times, I felt like that was the only guy Matt Ryan was looking at, and it was working, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it did feel like certain points of the game, like it was Matt Ryan, it was kind of like Michael Pittman Jr. bust. It was nice to see that Alec Pierce, who did have a, you know two receptions before, so he was involved a little bit, is I see the biggest play of the game. They said, all right, we're not just going to rely on the best player on our field, on the team and Michael Pittman Jr. We're going to rely on everyone. It's a team effort. I know it sounds kind of corny and cheesy, but that's another reason why this win feels so good on Sunday. It wasn't just the fact that they won and they had a great offensive outburst. It was the fact that they got contributions again from almost everyone up and down the roster, which when you, again, when you look at this team, even with John and Taylor, when he does come back and Michael Pittman Jr., obviously two of the better players at their position in the NFL, but this Colts offense, if they want to continue outputs like they had on Sunday against the Jaguars, it's going to be a team effort. Jelani Woods, we just mentioned Alec Pierce. You had Deion Jackson playing great as well. You get contributions from everyone on the roster. That's really where this Colts team, they want to continue their, their performance. That's how they're going to do it. And it was great Paris, to see. Cam- Paris Campbell yes. again as well. You know, yes. he had a touchdown yes. and uh, some, some big catches to, to keep drives alive. I mean, that's what they need. That's kind of, he's settling in now as that kind of number three guy the defense is overplay the other two guys, you know, he'll make them pay. And and that I think the offensive passing game. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Again, assuming they get protection, which they did today, the passing game, there's a lot to like right now. You've got the tight ends are all playing big. Jelani Woods had another big day. Kylan Granson had a couple big catches out there today. Uh, It was a quiet day for Mo Ali Cox, but, you know, next week could be his week again. It was the last time they played Tennessee, so you never know. Uh, I just feel like right now there's a lot of options in that passing game, and if they can get the protection – They've had guys step up. It's what we asked about all summer long. You know, who's going to be, aside from Michael Pittman, who's going to make plays in the passing game? And the answer right now is pretty much everyone. You're right. You had seven different guys uh, have a reception, which is good. You had, you know, Jelani Woods in terms of actual receptions was a fewest with two. So you're having guys, like I said, contribute. You're having them make multiple plays. It's great to see that now. I know it's taken a little bit. We had questions about the – the eyes. Uh, I say I talk my hands so much, George. I get too excited <laughs> knocking the mic over. That's what happens. When you don't really have too much excitement so far through six weeks to talk about. You forget how to handle success and joy. But like you mentioned, it's great to see that this offense is finally now, for the first time, like you said, it felt like this is who they're going to be going forward. You hope that it can continue. A large part of that is um, Frank Reich's play calling, which was tremendous by the you know all throughout the game. It was great to see Matt Ryan get protection. Great to see the offensive line come through. And you look at Matt Ryan too, George. The last thing this will say about the offensive totality: the one thing he has been this year on a consistent basis is clutch. Right? He's mm-hmm. now his four fourth quarter comebacks, three game winning drives. H Colts win so far has been because of a you know a game winning drive, obviously uh, in the fourth quarter. So he has made some big plays uh, when they need to. And this Colts team again continues to play better in the second half. You wish they they get off to a better start. It's it's mind-numbing how slow of a start they get off to um, in the first half of these games. But it is good to see that, again, another week where you we talked about it in the um, in the season preview pod and even in training camp as well. This Colts team needs to do something they couldn't do last year, be closers. And now through six weeks, that's really one of the consistent themes you can see is that this team, when they need a clutch play to be in the fourth quarter, they make it. 
Yeah, and they came to life a little bit sooner today, too. They had the 14-3 to deficit again, which has got to stop. I mean, everyone knows that. Four division games now, and all four of them, you face a double-digit deficit at some point. But they got it back 14-13 by halftime. We hadn't seen that. They've been waiting too long to kind of get back into it. I think that was another big factor today, going into the half just down one. And then I think they were able to overcome adversity a little better today. I mean, you you had the failed two-point conversion that was first good and then taken away. You had a couple red zone drives early in the game that didn't work the way that you would want them to. You didn't come away with touchdowns. And then Jacksonville comes out to start third quarter and scores a touchdown and, and pushes it back to an eight-point lead after you had that momentum at the end of the second quarter. And today was really the first time all year where the Colts kind of shrugged every one of those things off and came right back out and did what they needed to do and you know took the lead and, and lost it and still came back down. And today, Matt Ryan twice had drives in the fourth sure. quarter to take the lead. So um, those are good signs. And I think Jacksonville, you know, <clears throat> it's three losses in a row. They're not going to be very happy. I think we're all understanding, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of upset people down there in, in Northeast Florida right now. But that team has definitely improved. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. Oh, Last yeah. week, lost to Houston is going to sting for them for a while. Uh, but this is a team that was right there with the Eagles two weeks ago that blew out the Chargers in L.A. You know, this is not – normally, if you, if you had to come from behind and beat Jacksonville 34-27, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. This is a good win for this football team. I think this is a really solid win. And virtual tie now in, in, in the division, 3-2 Texans, 3-2-1 Colts. Um, after the way the season started, I'm sure Andy feels pretty good about that. Absolutely. They, they – like I said, for how bad it was, the fact that they are now almost through the seven-game stretch we highlighted, and if you win in Tennessee, the feeling's a whole hell of a lot better than it was even going into that week four game, uh, or week five game, I should say, against Denver on a short week even before that game started, for sure. You're 100% right about that. And quickly here, just don't want to be remiss, and we don't mention him uh, out of the gate, too. Deion Jackson, like, I, like the Colts, you, the rushing attack on Sunday, George, obviously was not pretty stats-wise. As a team... They ran the ball, was it 16 times for 45 yards? That's 2.8 yards per carry. That's not something you're going to be excited about. Deion Jackson himself, 12 carries for 42 yards. It's not like the stats really jump out. What I did feel like I liked a lot about the running game and where it continued to take a, a small step. Again, you're missing your best player. So fine, you're, you know, with third and fourth string running backs, it's going to, you know, that's, you know, part of what you're dealing with. But I thought they ran the ball when they needed to for the most part. Now, you know, third and ones, they're converted, not getting stuffed. You know, down by the goal and they ran the ball in with Deion Jackson for one of the touchdowns. Like they have been not a lot, but at least on, on Sunday, when they felt like they actually needed to run the ball for a yard or two for the most part, they were able to do it. And it's, again, nice to see considering uh to start the year, they were getting stuffed on a lot of those, you know, short um third and short opportunities. Absolutely. Well, and 121 yards total offense from Deion Jackson. He had 79 receiving yards as well. So you know, I think that's where he really stepped up and, and had a big game now two weeks in a row in a tough situation. I mean, you're coming in uh, late in the week, both weeks when you find out for sure it's going to be you. You know, you're waiting, trying to see how Jonathan Taylor is going to be, waiting to see if Naeem Hines is going to clear protocol. Uh, and, and he's able to come out here and, and have two games like he did. Uh, I think, again, like we said, you know, during the week, if nothing else, I think Deion Jackson has shown he's a guy who can can give Jonathan Taylor a breather, take some of that load off of him come in for a series or two and, and, and be the guy. And, and, you know, it's something they're going to need moving forward. Uh, you know, I think one thing Matt Ryan said today is they still have a lot to improve on. And I think that's important to note, you know, it's the best performance of the year uh, on offense defense. It was not, I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later, uh, but there's still things that they can, uh, this offense is, is nowhere near its peak. 
Uh, and I think to score 34 points against what I think is a pretty good Jacksonville defense this year, not elite, but good, um, you know, and do that without two of your better players, it, it's a huge step forward. Absolutely. And too, I mean, look, just recent history against this Jags team, the last two times the Colts have played them, I mean, both have been in Jacksonville, yes, but they have just, it's not even been close, George, you know, just how competitive the, or lack of competitive, I should say, the offense has against that Jags defense. They've absolutely been dominated. So I see that really for the first time in a long time, they flipped that script. And like you said, have a, a full, for the most part, complete game offensively and really kind of be the aggressors and be the dominators in this matchup per se. You mentioned the defense. We will get to that because what a, an awful, awful and disappointing day from the defense. But we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, George. The offensive line, it's a story and a talking point. Each and every podcast, it feels like, had the Colts finally found the right starting five. We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 